from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Hey, welcome to Career Talk, your insider. We are in the studio today with Michelle and Dion. You are listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 111. If it is noon Thursday, we are live and taking your calls all hour long at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I am the director for career management at the Wharton MBA for Executives program here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And today, it is Open Call Thursday. So listener's choice, any questions you have about the job search, your career that you've always wanted to ask, we are here all hour long taking your calls in the studio, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And to help us with that today, we welcome back a crowd favorite, Absolutely Abby, aka Abby Kohut. And Abby is the former Senior Director of Recruiting. And in 2009, Abby shifted her focus to concentrate on helping candidates to land their dream jobs, determined to educate one million job seekers. In 2012, Abby launched a 35-state cross-country RV speaking tour. You can learn more about that tour at abbyacrossamerica.com. But right now, we're excited to have Abby on Career Talk. Hi, Abby. Hey, Dawn. How are you? Good. Happy New Year. Thank you. You too. Well, thank you. So every time we have you on the show, we always check in on, on where you are at that one million, your quest oh, to educate one million. So <laughs> where are you? Where are you this week? I'm going to say that I have reached about 275,000 people, and I am located right now in my apartment in Red Bank, New Jersey. Okay, so you're not you're not in an RV right now. Not at the moment. No, I'm in an apartment in Red Bank, New Jersey. Okay. Well, and you're also on Career Talk, 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. And people have the benefit of your wisdom for the next hour if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Because it's Open Call Thursday, listener's choice. We are opening the phone lines. Any questions you've always wanted to ask about your job search or about careers and promotions, how to get a raise, because, Abby, you're a former recruiter, so you, you have all the answers. I am a current recruiter, Dawn, since You're, I last saw you. Are, oh, so you've changed. Yes. Yes, do you well, tell? I'm, st- I'm still doing the tour around the country, so I'm still flying around the country as opposed to driving, but now I'm actually doing some recruiting for a pharmaceutical company. And the reason I decided to do that is because I normally talk about what it, what it was it was like in the past, but now I can talk about what it's actually like right now. So, okay, so good. So... What are the, what are the trends you're seeing then? I know we could talk about this all hour long, but but is there there one that really pops out in your head about wow this is what's changed in the hiring process since I used to do recruiting? Oh yeah, well it's definitely oh goodness people have done lots of changes to their resume. People have made lots of changes to their resume. Some people are told that they should not put their address on their resume, and that is because if you put your address on your resume and a recruiter sees that you live far away from the job, they may not call you. So people are leaving their address off their resume. But the problem with that is once the resume gets into the applicant tracking system, otherwise known as the abyss, and a recruiter (laughs) is trying to find you in the abyss, if you don't have a zip code on your resume, you're kind of in resume la-la land. So it's interesting because yeah. because it's it's something that I've seen a lot, and we we talk to students about that, especially students who are looking to make a geographical move in their job search because having a location can certainly hurt you in that effect. But you're saying that if you're applying through traditional channels like an application uh, online system or something like that, that that you get lost in limbo. Yes, and I'll tell you what. One year, I decided I was going to relocate to San Francisco. I didn't actually do it, but I did make an attempt to relocate. And I sent out resumes, and at the top of the resume, I wrote up there, currently relocating to San Francisco, and I put the zip code. And I did receive calls, and I did actually get a job offer to do recruiting out in San Francisco using that technique. So if you're going to relocate, you have to write currently relocating to wherever it is, not willing to relocate, 
And don't forget to say something because people will just send us resumes from out of state, out of country, and they never say, I noticed that the job is in New Jersey, but I would like to relocate there. So you so you just kind of put those in the circular file and move on. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're here with Absolutely Abby, former recruiter, current recruiter with lots of tips to share. We're going to go to Robert in California. Robert, what's on your mind today? Well, good morning, ladies. Uh, what I'm calling about is I retired from aerospace about 40 years ago at 55. Uh, to do caregiving for an elderly parent and uh, get in some travel. So now I'm looking to re-enter uh, a paid position. I My interests are in education. I've been volunteering in education for decades. The problem I'm facing is, as I look at, at uh, places like LinkedIn, I try and get it posted, um, they want you to categorize yourself. And I, know, I know I shouldn't categorize myself as aerospace because that's not where I want to go. But if I categorize myself as education, I'm afraid people look at that and say, well, gosh, you're not even close and not look. So um, I do have transferable strengths and skills. What do you recommend? So are you talking about that little thing on LinkedIn where it asks you just kind of pick up an industry? Is that what you're talking about, Robert? So, yeah, Abby, I'd be interested since you're kind of back in the recruiting world and I'm sure on LinkedIn all the time, because I think there's been a pretty much since day one LinkedIn came out that these industries are not representative. They don't include enough and people have just really hated them from day one. So uh, is this something you use to search when you're looking for a candidate, Abby? Yeah, I absolutely do use industry when I receive too many candidates when I do my search. Let's say I'm, I'm just going to give you an example. Let's say I'm searching for an administrative assistant and I put in administrative assistant and the zip code of the company that I'm working for. Well, I'm going to get too many resumes. So that's when I would throw in the industry, which would be pharmaceutical. So, but if it's a smaller category, I might not put the industry. So, Robert, in your case, you, I mean, the advice that I like to give about kind of switchers, and that's something we talk about a lot on Career Talk, is that you really need to make your documents, and that includes your LinkedIn, aspirational in nature. And so you mentioned that you do have transferable skills that that you can take from the aerospace industry and apply to education. So I think if you tick the box education and then, you know, say Abby finds you as she's looking for a job and you have in your summary section, so that's that's not the experience section, but it's above that those transferable skills and how you've taken your experience and and all the skills and qualifications that you had in the aerospace industry and translate them into how they can apply in the new industry. My sense is that that's the way to go, but I'm going to I'm going to let Abby jump in as the as the recruiter here. Yeah, no, I really love that, Don. I think that's a really good idea. And my question really is, do you have any experience teaching. Maybe you said that, but I didn't hear that part. But if you don't have experience teaching, I would try to get some experience teaching so that you can put it onto your LinkedIn profile as well. Yeah. And um, one of the things I'm just going to say to tie this up, because Robert, so glad you called. A lot of people have this question is that remember, experience does not necessarily mean paid jobs. Experience can be things you volunteered at. Maybe as you were being a caretaker, you were involved in volunteer roles or you were, you know, tutoring you know, kids in the neighborhood. Whatever it is you were doing that applies to the career you're going for, put that under experience because it doesn't say jobs I was paid to do. It says experience. So, Robert, good luck to you. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, you're listening to Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Michelle and Dion, which makes this so much fun to do. And of course, absolutely, Abby, who's our resident recruiter for today. We're taking your calls all hour long, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Laura in Arizona, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today, Laura? Hi. um, I have a lot in my mind today. I'm a mid-career professional in banking. I have a bachelor's degree in business, and I am tired of working at the bank. I want to do something else, and I... I'm trying to define a path in where can I take my experience in banking 
into another industry. Yep. So you're tired of banking. You're done. You're ready to do something new. So, so your next step needs to be finding what's exciting. I'm going to ask you to rephrase that question to yourself because a lot of people do exactly what you're doing, Laura, which is say, okay, I have these skills. What are my options with these skills? And here's the thing. You're limiting what your answers can be when you do it that way. So I'm going to tell you to flip and say, what do I really want to do? What parts of my job are exciting to me. So maybe it's only 5%, but there's something you do that you're like, oh, I'm always energized when I'm doing this part of my job. Maybe it's interacting with people. Maybe it's you love the work with clients. Maybe you really like sitting in the back room and crunching numbers and not interacting with people at all. But there's there's probably a part of your job, banking related or not, that really energizes you. And then I would say once you find what that is, then you take that and you say, now what jobs out there in this current market exist that apply those skills because I think when you do it that way you one get to your passion versus limiting yourself to you know what other people have traditionally done which may not be the right path for you but it opens up your world to so many jobs that may not have even existed when you got into banking so might not even be on your radar Abby what is your advice for Laura as somebody who's I'm sure seen a lot of switchers coming through Yeah, well, it goes back to what you said about volunteering, Dawn. I think that anybody that is trying to change careers really should go out and try new careers. And the best way to try new careers is volunteering. So see if you can figure out what skills you really love, just like Dawn said, but then find some sort of volunteer opportunity to go use those skills and maybe other skills just to test the waters so that you're not jumping into a whole new career without having any experience, especially because employers want to know that you tested it out so that you're not just jumping in without trying it out. So it it helps everybody. They want to know that you've invested. Another cool thing to do, Laura, is to, you know, invite a bunch of your friends to to dinner or or have coffee meetings and just say, tell me about your job. You know, what do you love about it? What do you you not love about it? What's a day-to-day like? Because I think we have great resources in our family, our friends, our, our loved ones, maybe past colleagues, maybe alumni connections. But going to coffee with these individuals and just say, I really want to know what your day-to-day looks like. I really want to know what what you're doing at X company because it's kind of like a research project you're creating for yourself. Find out what people do. Most of us know generally where our friends work, maybe the name of the company, maybe even know their title, but we have no idea what they do on a day-to-day basis. And I think when you start to sit down with people and ask them, one, people love to share, but two, you're going to find so many opportunities that you didn't even know existed. Plus, now you already have a network of people who are, are encouraged and excited about what you want to do next and can help you. So I think that's step one. And I'll say this because I think it's important. When you're looking for a job, I think it's so important that you run to something new versus run from. So, Laura, just based on, on our brief conversation here, it sounds like you're tired, you're ready for something new, so you're, you're, you're ready to get away. But what I want you to do before you start that job search is find what's that energy you want to run to because you're going to be so much more successful in your job search if you do that. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, it's Open that Call so Thursday. <laughs> what, Abby? That is so good, but can I jump in and say one more Of course you can. Thing? You're our guest. Oh, my God. That, that was so good. But let me say one more thing. Um, there is this woman that I was coaching. Her name is Brenda. We'll call her Brenda. And she's like almost 70 years old. And she wanted to go to a new career. And what she wanted to do is cyberspace, stuff like that, like uh, cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. And she actually went back to school to get a certificate to prove to the world that she was really serious about making that change. And she did get a job at Amtrak. So it just happened. I'm just so happy for her that that happened. We love those so, yeah. success stories. And and to your point, Abby, here's what I'll say to you. You have to invest first before someone else is going to invest in you. So if you're looking to make a career switch or if you're looking to, to network with somebody or whatever it is you're looking to do, if you're asking somebody to meet you for coffee, you have to invest first. And that's, I think, kind of the moral of the story you just told, Abby. You have to go out there and research the person or try it out or or get the, the basic you know level of experience or knowledge before they're going to be looking at you like, okay, you're a serious contender. So great story, Abby. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111. It's open call Thursday. Listener's Choice, Tony in California. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Hey, hey, t- good morning. Hi, Tony. I wanted to 
wanted to find out, uh, is, do some recruiters um, solicit for other recruiters? For example, I get a call that says, you know, we have a job opening um, and you have the right skill set. But it sounds like after talking uh, for them a while, they send it over to another recruiter. And then I get a call back from another recruiter saying, um, you know, basically, are you still interested? Does that happen? So, okay. So, yeah, you're kind of talking about how do you recognize if somebody's legit? So I'll let Abby answer the first question, but then I want to talk about the broader topic because it's so important that people understand kind of how this process works so that you get to the right jobs and the right people and not get scammed or lured into something that takes you nowhere. But Abby, is it is it common that one recruiter passes you off to another recruiter? Yeah, if a recruiting firm has a large... Um, group of people that are doing recruiting, they might have certain people that make the initial phone call, and then they might have other people that follow up. So yeah, or they just don't think that you're right for their job, but somebody else in the firm has something. And these are external recruiters. I'm an internal recruiter, so I worked in HR and still do. Um, And there's another thing that I was going to mention. Some of you have received, let's say, three calls on one day about the exact same job from three different recruiters. And that happens because the HR recruiter decides that they want to give out the opportunity to recruiters, external recruiters, and they give it out on the same day, and they are vying for the competition. Like, they're, they need to make the placement in order to eat. So they're going to call you very quickly. That's why you can get three calls from three recruiters, three different firms on the same day. So is that legit? I mean, if, if that happens oh, to yeah. Tony, should he respond? What should he do? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yes. And you just have to pick which recruiter seems more legit. You can look them up on LinkedIn. Make sure they have a LinkedIn presence before you send them your resume. And definitely tell any recruiter that you give your resume to that you do not give them permission to send it anywhere. Yes, you so only important. You give them permission to send it where you give them permission to send it. So important. And, Tony, the reason why is there's two types of recruiters. There's uh, retained and contingent. Retained are going to get paid by the company anyway. They get a retained fee, kind of like a lawyer, and they're out there doing the searches. Contingent, which are the ones I think Abby was referring to where you're getting three calls at once, they are paid if they make the placement and only if they make the placement also by the company. So none of these people are are working for you. They're working for the company. And I think that's just an important designation to put out there. But if they're contingent, they are trying their darndest to try and place you so they get that fee. And that's where some of the shady practices come in when people reach out to you. Maybe they don't have a specific job, but they ask for your resume. And as Abby mentioned, don't give it to them unless you tell them it's only for this specific job because sometimes they paper the world with your resume. And unfortunately, if they send it to a company and then you later apply and send your resume, now they're going to have to pay that recruiter because the recruiter got it there first. So to Abby's point, look on LinkedIn, make sure they have a web presence, a a legit website. See if you can even set up a 10-minute phone call with them. If they're legit, they should be willing to talk to you for 10 minutes and give you some basic details about the job and the company. They probably can't disclose everything, but they should be willing to make it less transactional and, and more of a relationship. So, Tony, thank you so much. Important question here on Career Talk. We're taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're here with Absolutely Abby, recruiter and author of um, a great book that you may have read, Absolutely Abby's 101 Job Search Secrets. We're talking a lot about your job search secrets today from a recruiter's perspective. Hey, Zach in Missouri, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Oh, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I, I got a lot, a lot on my mind, so I'm going to try to get it out quick and as efficiently as possible. I am 25 years old. I recently graduated from a four-year university in St. Louis area, and I am struggling, very, extremely struggling, trying to find a full-time position. Okay. I've had kind of a bad stint since I've graduated, and I'm getting kind of burnt on the personality test of the recruiting side, as well as I have kind of pigeonholed myself uh, in my college experience with sales positions, and I'm trying to get into the digital marketing marketing area. Okay, so let's let's summarize. Let's like back up. So you're looking to get into digital marketing. You've had, it sounds like, a number of sales jobs. How many since college, Zach? 
Um, throughout college and um, since college, it's been about six or seven. Okay, so people are looking at you as Zach the sales guy, which is something you're trying to change. And and then you said something about personality tests. Tell us about that. What types of personality tests have you taken? So I've taken several different personality tests with uh, organizations that have reached out to me via LinkedIn, um, trying to recruit me for positions that have, have been sales positions. And it's come to be that revealing through the personality test that I don't want to you know, do a, I can't be a salesperson. <laughs> the truth has come out. <laughs> yeah. Well, Zach, we really liked you, but you actually don't want to do this job, so we're not going to hire you for it. So, okay. So basically then, as we drill down, the issue here is rebranding you from Zach, the sales guy, to Zach, the digital marketing guy. And that's that's got to be something pervasive, something you do when you introduce yourself, something you do on LinkedIn, something you do on the resume, and basically all of your friends, your your colleagues from school, your colleagues from current positions, your family, they need to start seeing you as Zach, the digital marketing guy. So let's talk about how we can rebrand you because then those personality tests really won't make a difference because that's not the job you are applying to. So let me ask you a question, Zach. Um, We're going to kind of do an on-air live networking mock thing right now. So if I just met you at a networking event and I said, hey, Zach, so what do you do? What's your answer? Um, well, unfortunately, right now I'm currently unemployed, but I would say that, you know, I'm recently graduated from a four-year university here in the St. Louis area. Um, I have a lot of experience within the sales realm um, throughout specifically the sports business industry, um, but I have done some digital marketing experience. And I'm trying to currently explore the digital marketing realm and learn and grow and get into digital marketing. Okay, I'm going to ask Abby to give him a grade. Give Zach a grade. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, Zach, I'm giving you a five and a half. Uh, what's our, what's our scale? <laughs> I, I understand. I'm trying not to say too much about, you know, something. No, wait. No, no. Five. Zach, that's five why five. we wanted you to call because we're here to help you. You're talking to a recruiter yes, yes. and a career coach. So this is, this is going to change your life. Yeah, Zach. so but here's what I was going to say, Zach. Um, you were totally put on the spot, so you get a 15 out of 10 for doing this on the radio. So totally, you're awesome. But um, you started off by saying you were unemployed. I don't know if you were saying that to us or if you were saying that to the fake networking person, but you don't want to ever lead with I'm unemployed. You want to lead with what you are. So I'm a digital marketing person. Who, and then you want to describe what experience you have had in digital marketing. And then that will go much better. Exactly. So you, you digital marketing came in somewhere around your third sentence. And I think you were just telling us you're unemployed, but here's the deal. That's never your brand or anybody's brand if you're listening, even if you're between jobs. Here's the deal. You have incredible experience from your past or from volunteer jobs or from whatever it is you've done. And that is your brand. I do this. I solve these problems. I make this great, whatever it is. So, and to Abby's point, Zach, yep, you start out with digital marketing. You have to give them the lens through which they see every other experience you say after that. And whatever you say first is the lens through which they'll see you. So if you lead off with sales, you are branding yourself Zach, the sales guy. So so now you're going to lead off with digital marketing, and then you're going to take some of those things from your sales roles that you've done that are most applicable to digital marketing. And you don't ever have to say sales. You don't have to use those words because the, the point is you have a lot of transferable skills that will parlay into marketing. So pick those things. So should we do it again on air? Did we put you on the spot too much, Zach? Oh, no. I think, you know, I have no problem doing it again on air. Awesome. Let's do it. Um, Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Zach, hi. Nice to meet you. I'm Don. What do you do? Hi. I'm a digital marketing expert uh, who's recently just graduated from a four-year university in the St. Louis area. Um, A lot of my background has been within the sports business industry, uh, and I'm currently looking and seeking uh, opportunities within the digital marketing realm to help grow businesses and to learn from business and uh, help grow your company and help me grow as a human being and professionally. My God, Zach, you're a totally different person. Oh my God, I know. I'm like jumping up and down in my apartment right here. <laughs> you're jumping, like a totally different person. Down. 
So when wow. I introduce, when I introduce you to my network, I'm like, this is Zach, the digital marketing guy. So now your next step is just to, to introduce yourself that way and to carry that through your LinkedIn and your resume. So those summary parts at the top, the greatest thing about that profile statement or summary is that you can take what you just said and add a couple of, of bullets around some of the things you've done in your background that really are applicable to the digital marketing realm and throw that up on top front and center of your LinkedIn and your resume. And you can go out there as Zach, the digital marketing guy. I'm so excited for you. Like you literally sounded like a complete different person. That just, was amazing. Just four minutes and later. By the, way, by the way, Zach, you better write an awesome cover letter. And all the rest of you out there better write an awesome cover letter because you think recruiters don't read cover letters. And I'm here to tell you, we don't get cover letters. But when we do... We read them. And Dawn, remember last time I gave out my cover letter template to all of your listeners? You did. Are you going to give it away again? I am. So if everybody goes to send me an email, this is an email, not a website, send an email to xm at absolutelyabby.com and you'll get my cover letter template. This is the thing that I have used to land my own job. So you must use this. Because I'm telling you, Dawn, this drives me crazy. I get resumes all the time. I get no cover letters. I don't understand why people are sending me resumes for jobs they don't match with. But if they sent a cover letter, I might understand it. Mm-hmm. Telling you, and you may have heard, and, and Zach, if you don't have a cover letter, um, definitely do this because Abby will set you up. And you need it. There's a stat going around that only 17% of cover letters get read. But what people don't understand, and Abby is a recruiter who gets dozens and dozens and dozens of resumes that are not a match for the job. What they don't understand is that the old cover letters get read second. So if you don't match for the job, your cover, cover letter, I, know I can't say that today, is not going to get Red, which is why only 17% get read. So you may not be a match for the job, but maybe Abby sees some some interesting skills. Let me look at the cover letter. Oh, not there. Right. Next All candidate. The yes, please, Zach. XM at absolutelyabby.com. Go get it. Go get it. Zach, I'm so excited for you. Um, definitely email Abby, but uh, you've got a great future in digital marketing ahead of you. Thank you so much for calling us on Career Talk and also for being so brave to to share your pitch on air. We're taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You're listening to Career Talk, and we are here with Absolutely Abby all hour long. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, Evan in New York, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Thank you. Hey, Abby and Dawn, it's great to be here. Thank you for so calling. Here's, here's why I'm calling. I'm recently applying for a job, and it's a job with a small company. They are filling a position that they've never filled before. They want someone to manage their growing sales team, which is my background. So we've had a bunch of conversations with the CEO, and he's been doing the job. And all of a sudden, we're moving along nicely, and they don't exactly know what they're doing. They don't know what the job's going to look like. They don't have any idea about the tasks they want to offload to me, the money involved. So, you know, they keep trying to put it in my court. I keep putting it back in their court very nicely. But here's why I'm calling. After a few, after the second conversation, they asked me to fill out a personality, an AI personality index. I said, okay, fine. I filled it out send it to them. We had another great conversation with two other partners. Then all of a sudden, when we're going to schedule our next follow-up, which is tomorrow, by the way, they asked me to fill out one more deeper personality index. All of a sudden, it's taking the wind out of my sails with this company. Yeah, no kidding. So that's they want a second. And no kidding. You know, I, I don't want to blow it. I mean, I did it, but I don't feel great about this company anymore. I feel like it's reinforcing the feeling like, they don't know what they're doing. They, they don't have confidence. I'm going to get into a situation where the expectations are not clear. It's sort of a setup for failure. It's, all these feelings are showing up as a result of asking you to do a second uh, personality inventory. I just wanted to to share that with you and get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I love it because you kind of answered your your own question there, uh, Evan, with the fact that your gut is telling you this is this is not a good situation. And I am a big fan of listening to your gut and intuition on these things. Here's the deal. A lot of hiring managers or, or 
um, people who put job ads out there have no idea what they're looking for. And they take the job ad. Yeah. From like 10 years ago. And they're like, all right, we're just we need somebody. We're going to slap this up. And, you know, and they don't align it with performance measures. They don't align it with outcomes. They just put, you know, it sounds good. Let's just add college degree needed. And let's just add good communication skills. And all these things sound great. But then as you're interviewing, as you're finding out, Evan, is that you realize, hey, they don't really know what they're looking for. And then everybody you talk to kind of has a different idea. And, and over the years, maybe they've thrown some things in the job that aren't even on the job description. And it's so chaotic and messy. So they're like, oh, well, now that we're interviewing people and they're telling us things they can do, we're getting a better idea about how we can shape this job. And so it keeps changing and shifting. And well, here, take another personality assessment, Evan, because that'll help us even further. And it's like, think about what that's going to be when you get in the job. What are you going to be measured on? How are they going to assess your performance when they don't even know how to hire you? So I'm going to say, trust your gut on this one and say, you know, I I don't know that taking another personality test at this point is going to make sense. Maybe we just need to sit down and have a conversation about outcomes. What do you need this person to be able to perform and, and show it's the six-month point and the one-year point? Because that's going to be what's going to be most important for you as somebody trying to be successful in the role. And honestly, that's what they need to define. Abby? Yes. No, I completely agree. I think that you definitely have to talk to them about what they're looking for. And if you feel they don't know what they're looking for, either you should help them figure out what they're looking for or you should probably walk away. But, I mean, it's also good to get interview experience. So I wouldn't necessarily not go on the interview, but maybe just wait and and see what happens. But there is a growing trend, Abby. I don't know if you're seeing this in the company you're with, but that you know, companies are asking candidates to invest so much. Like, take this personality test and do this video interview and do this. And we're not even going to get to the phone screen part at this point. So, so there's, I agree, there's an aspect of sort of playing the game and you have to go through some of the hoops. But there gets to a point where, hey, maybe there's one too many hoops and this is not, this is, is going to end well. It's possible that they're sending you through a lot of hoops. Maybe not this company, but other companies might be sending you through a lot of hoops just to see if you really want the job. So that could be happening. I don't know that it's this company that's doing that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not hearing that, Evan. I'm. I'm hearing a trust your gut on this one, and it might be tough to walk away. But think about the flip side of that: is what if you actually get the job and this is your life every day? That sounds. That sounds not pleasant. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Hey, if you're on the line, we are going to get to you right away, right after the break. But it wouldn't be Career Talk without our pre-break quiz. Quiz? There's a quiz? Hey, maybe one of your New Year's resolutions was to learn a new language. Well, a new study in the Journal of Psychopharmacology shows that bilingual speakers' ability to speak a second language improves after doing this. Bilingual speakers' ability to speak a second language improves after doing this. If you think you know, give us a call at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School of Sirius XM, Channel 111. And we are here with Absolutely Abby, all hour long, taking your calls live if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And Abby, where can people reach you if they'd like more information? The best way to reach me is to send an email to xm at absolutelyabby.com. Not only will you get my cover letter, but I am having two very, very, very special calls, and I'm going to invite all of you to join, and Ooh. I will be revealing a big secret on these calls. Big so you secret. Have to sign up. And you're not yes. going to tell us? That's cruel, Absolutely Abby. Absolutely not. No, no, no. You have to send an email to xm at absolutelyabby.com. And you'll get on the calls and learn the secret. All right. Well, send her that email. So we're going to go right back into calls because it's open call Thursday. Listener's choice. We're taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Abe in New York, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Oh, thanks so much for taking my call. 
Um, I'll give you a little background. Um, around 50 years old, I've been out of work for around a year or so. Uh, I've been running into the problem where my when I'm in a, with a, on, a, on a call or in an interview, they focus on the fact that I've been in many different industries. Even though my uh, skill set has been consistent throughout the different industries, they might look at my resume and say, well, you haven't been in the banking industry for 10 years and, you know, we're not comfortable with someone who's not in that industry. However, the job that they have, I definitely have the skill sets and I definitely have the, uh, you know, I possibly even worked in that industry a while back, but they seem to be focusing on, well, the last in, the last job or maybe the last two jobs, uh, this is the industry you've been in, and they seem to be stuck in that. So oh. how would I present that in, you know, really not focusing on the industry, but rather focusing on the skill set and how it applies to the job that I'm um, interviewing for. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna think about this one for for a second because it could be the industry, um, but it could be something else. So I'm gonna kind of keep yeah. that in the back of my mind for for just a second. Mm-hmm. But Abby, you, you had a thought. Go ahead. That's that's what I was about to say, Don. It could be the industry. They could be saying that it's that you don't have the industry experience, but the fact is they called you, so they knew you didn't have the experience, mm-hmm. but they called you. So my advice is that there's, or my thought is that there's, there could be something going on there. Yeah, it's suspicious. And so tell us what you do, Abe. So functionally, what do you do? Uh, primarily marketing analytics. So digital analytics, marketing, um, you know, marketing database, uh, anything around analytics. So you know, obviously a hot skill. I got in very early. I've been developing over time. Um, so it's sort of not, at least as far as I could tell and as far as my you know, industry says it's you know not a dying industry. It seems to be doing well. I, you know, seem to do well in all the other positions I had, but for whatever reason, nothing's popping now. And so, what industry are you looking at to get into now? Is there a specific one you're trying to focus on? No, I mean to me, it's the same concept. Like I'm not looking at an individual industry. It's it's as long as I could, you know, apply it across the board. But like you know, like I said, I mean, if I even if I go to an industry where I've been at before, but it hasn't been the recent one, I sort of get pushed back of. You know, we're looking for someone in this. And, and it definitely could be some other factor, and that's just sort of the, the go-to excuse. But, yeah, it's an uh, easy answer for them. So I think there's a couple of things. So one, it could be that there's a, certain industries. Like I know pharma is very famous for saying you, they really want people with pharma background. And because you're in marketing, I can see it playing more of a factor than maybe in some other industries. But as Abby mentioned, the fact that you're getting called or you're getting even to the first interview, they already know this. So what's right. what's kind of happening between between now and then? So it could be a couple of things. One, like we talked about earlier on the show, perhaps they don't know what they're looking for. And so as they start talking to you, they're like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe this isn't a fit. I don't know that that's it. I'm just, I'm just throwing out a you know possibility. The other thing, it could be you mentioned, you mentioned that you're 50 years old, right? Yes. And I'm wondering if there's an age bias thing coming in here. Abby, thoughts? It could be, but honestly, there could also be something going on with your interview skills because as we're talking to you on the phone, I'm really not hearing tons of passion from you, and it's possible that that's coming through. Now, I know you're on the radio and you're not on an interview, so you might be more passionate during an interview, but you have to maybe show a little bit more energy, more passion about the industry and the profession that you're in. That might work. There's also... Certain times when you're having conversations, there are these little words that sneak into your speech. Like, for example, some people say, to be honest, or honestly, or some people say, like I said, or again. These are little phrases that you use that you don't even know that you use, but as a career consultant, I can always pick that up, and I work with people like that. And so it might be that you're using one of those phrases. And the truth is I heard one of those phrases when you were talking. But what I'm saying is it may not be the industry. It may be something that you can do to improve your industry, um, your interviewing skills. So tagging on to that, one of the things that, in addition to like the passion and energy, which I completely agree, they need to know you're motivated. And this is for any job, any career. They need to know you want the job, that, that this is the one you want. And I think that needs to be conveyed in the interview because otherwise they leave thinking, well, you know, maybe maybe this person just wants any job in any industry. So second to that is you can, and you may be ready to do this, Abe, is research the industry in depth. Find interesting things that are going on in the industry and be able to speak to them intelligently during the interview to show, again, we talked about this 
this earlier in the show, investing in them before they invest in you. And it might be to your benefit in this job search. I had asked you a few minutes ago about what industry you're targeting, and you said yeah, any industry because it, it applies pretty much universally everywhere. If I were hiring you, even though I think in a lot of ways that's true, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear, I want to be in pharma. I want to be in, you know, fintech or whatever the industry is because of this. I have this passion about it. I want to be in healthcare because what I realized about healthcare is moving towards this. So I think you'd be better off finding which industry you have a passion about and pursuing that wholeheartedly with some good reasoning behind it because that's going to make all the difference to somebody hiring you. It's not just about having the skills. It's really about wanting to be in that job, in that company, in that industry right now and having a concrete reason. If I don't see that, you may be on paper a great candidate, but I'm going to move on to the candidate who has fire in them. So, so Abby, great point to bring up. A Best of luck to you. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. You're listening to SiriusXM Channel 111. And we're going to go to Tina in New York. Tina, what's on your mind today? Hello. So I have a serious conundrum. I have a few different things going on with my resume. And it's coming to the point where I have an interview in a couple of weeks. And I've thought about possibly going back into the corporate world, even though it's not quite my thing. But I say all that. Um, number one, I have a choppy kind of history. Um, not only is it kind of in different areas, it's also um, very scattered. So I stayed home with kids for a little bit, went back to work for a few years, didn't like it, stayed home again. Um, but I've always done something in the background, like volunteered for various organizations and actually was doing work for them, you know, actually like speaking and um, planning events. And uh, I actually ran for office and I won. So I've, I've definitely been busy in between those years. But I just don't know how to put that on a resume so it looks nice. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm going to start with something you said in the beginning about you're looking to go back into business, but you don't really want to. So help, did I hear that correctly? If, if I did, you tell us what did, that means. You <laughs> well, I mean, I like my life the way it is now, but I feel like, you know, um, an opportunity got presented. I, I got called back for an interview, and I applied at this place, like, probably over a year ago. And I what I had been thinking recently, like, oh, maybe I should just kind of do something for a bit, maybe for like a year, just to, for different reasons, you know, economically, just so I can, you know, save a little bit more, things like that, to also help me to further business that I'm working on personally. It would help to be able to fund it. So that's more so why I was looking to go back into the typical workforce. Um, okay. So, so, so you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And Abby and I can help yeah. you put together a, a, a very targeted resume that takes your choppy background and puts it into a very nice flowing layout and your LinkedIn and all that stuff. But what we can't do is in that interview, it's going to come through that you're like, eh, about the job. And and we kind of just like we were talking about the previous caller, that is is like the kiss of death in a job. So that's what well, I'm more I have concerned a lot of energy. with. <laughs> but just I not can, not for can, this job. I can fake it. I can fake it. How long can you fake it? And why would you want to? Tina, well, isn't there a way? I'm just, I, you know, because most of us work because we, we kind of, we have to and we need a paycheck and, you know, we try and find the passionate. And you're like, ah, well, <laughs> you know, there could be some good things. It's like, it's like trying to justify it. And I'm, I'm just wondering if there's a creative path where you can both earn income, but do something that you really love or have energy for, or that builds into something that you really want to do. Because yes, yes, yes. I love your honesty. Like I'm actually working on it right now, but some things need to be funded. So it's one of those things where I'm working on certain things right now. And I certainly have support from my spouse. Like he's, you know, oh, you know, got my back in these things however you know there's a part of me inside that you know i still want to be able to finance certain things myself too okay okay fair enough things i could pay off like my student loans things like that and if i you know that might help fair enough but maybe not this job you said they reached out to you had applied a year ago and you know okay they reached out i'm gonna i'm gonna get my suit out, get it pressed and get myself cleaned up, go to this interview and and maybe get the job. So, okay, maybe 
this isn't the job. Maybe this is the inspiration to say, okay, I need to find a part-time gig or you know, some contract work or some other something else that energizes me. And here's something I'm going to say. If you're looking to start your own venture or start your own thing, getting connections in whatever industry or field that is is going to be helpful. So maybe there's there's a part-time job or, or even a full-time job that will take you closer to either the, some of the skills gaps you want to close or some of the connections that will be helpful in whatever venture you're doing, something like that. So so this job has presented itself and it has inspired you to think, yeah, I probably should earn some money and go go back to work, but maybe not this job. Maybe you can find something you're you're more passionate about. Abby? Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. And it I mean, there are many options out there for people that want to freelance or do part-time work these days. Many more than there ever were than there ever was. So yeah, you should definitely reach out to me. I can help you with some of this. So just send an email to me, that one with the cover letter. Just send me an email and tell me that you're looking for a part-time job. I may be able to hook you up. Yep. So it's xm at absolutelyabby.com. Tina, we wish you all the best. I think there is a job out there that's going to fulfill a couple of those different buckets and that you're going to be excited about. So, so yeah, maybe go on this job for interview practice and see what it's like. But use this as your your catapult into something that's really going to energize you and be good for your future business. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And we are going to quickly answer our pre-break quiz because people are hanging on that. So maybe one of your New Year's resolutions was to learn a new language. Well, a new study in the Journal of Psychopharmacology, psychopharmacology, which is a keyword, Dion, shows that bilingual speakers' ability to speak a second language improves after doing this. Dion. So I may or may not have laughed over over that <laughs> keyword you were saying. <laughs> Michelle asked me something. I, I was distracted. No, oh, I didn't. Okay. No, I didn't. So, so, so what was the key word? Psychopharmacology. Oh, that doesn't help me at all. <laughs> um, I'm going to stick with my answer, and I'm going to say exercise. Ex- well, so that is kind of psychopharmacology, but that's not the okay. answer oh. that we're looking for. And unlike previous quizzes, this is probably not show related. So <laughs> I probably should have told not. you. <laughs> I probably should have told you that too, Michelle. I'm going to guess, um, I don't think this has to do with the keyword, but um, visiting the country of origin of that language. That's my guess. Yes, I think that would help you learn the language. It's not the answer we're looking for. Boo. All right, Abby. All right, so I have two answers, and Michelle stole my third. Oh, you had okay, three? So well, I think you only get one, so. Well, <laughs> I have to get two because I'm the guest. So oh, this is how it's, new rule. The guest gets, new rule. Okay. The guest gets <laughs> two answers. Totally. totally. Okay, so my first guess was that you should watch movies in that language and my second guess is that you should just eat some Wheaties. Eat some Wheaties. <laughs> All right so neither one of those is right so the, the guess getting two guesses is fine with me. Um, no so what it is is a study in the Journal of Psychopharmacology shows that bilingual speakers ability to speak a second language improved after consuming alcohol. Those hey, <laughs> Dion's like I'm fluent already. He's like wow. I got this. Yeah, I think I you have to learn some French. Yeah, those who dabble in learning, I think you have to actually be dabbling in learning the new. I don't think it just comes to you after drinking like some Jose oh, Cuervo. Like that now, sucks. Yeah, <laughs> now you're speaking Spanish. No, it doesn't. Well, maybe, but um, yeah. So they find that alcohol in moderation helps them speak more fluently, and they believe this is the case because. Alcohol increases self-confidence and reduces social anxiety, both of which can get in the way when you're trying to speak the language. So there you go. Alcohol improves your foreign language skills. Go for it. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. John in Connecticut, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Hey there. So um, I'm, I'm interested in climate change and sustainability, but I'm also um, interested in trading, and I've been trading markets since... Uh, 2013 for myself, but I'm interested in linking the two together. And I also have a registered disability. Okay, so you want a job that links trading and climate and sustainability. Abby, <laughs> that's, that's so unfair. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So, so, John, do you have, have you researched this? Are there actual roles out there? Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm blanking on that on the top of my yeah, head. I'm, I'm blanking. I'm blanking, John. I'm okay. Blanking. Have you, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. 
that I would say, it sounds like you've been doing the day trading thing uh, for a while, so five years now, and that's a passion, that's an interest of yours, and people do really well at that. When you turn a passion or a hobby that you really enjoy into a paycheck, a lot of times the things that made it interesting and exciting now become stressful, and it all of a sudden becomes not as fun. So here's the thing I would say about the day trading piece. If that's working for you and you love doing it and you love spending your time on that, I think you can continue doing that on your own. I don't know that ne- that needs to be necessarily your day-to-day job because it may become less exciting if you move it to, now I need to rely on this to get a paycheck. But the climate change and sustainability, tell us about why you're interested in that and what, what your background is related to that. So before I got into uh, trading in the financial markets, I was a climate activist in college. And um, the reason I started getting interested in uh, markets was to have money so that I could uh, invest in activist movements, like for climate change. So climate change is a big one right now, and I imagine that there's a lot of organizations that would be looking for people who have mathematical ability, analytical ability, data analytic type skills. So if that's what you have in your background, then that could probably be something of use to the organizations, um, probably a lot of nonprofit organizations that are looking to to promote this kind of work, um, you know. I'm thinking marketing. I'm thinking there's so many things related to this that you could be doing. I'm just not sure how to bring your trading piece in, with the exception of if you think about the skills you need to be a good trader in terms of, of math abilities, research abilities, um, the the ability to kind of really quickly put information together and come to conclusions and outcomes. I'd be looking at those skills, which I'm assuming you really love to do because you're doing it day to day on your own, and say, how can I translate these into a career that focuses on climate change and stability? Abby, really quickly, because we're, we're wrapping up. Anything to add to that? No, what you just said is great. So, John, that's what I would recommend. Right now, I'm not coming up with any jobs that combine the two, but I think that there's a lot of things going on right now in the activism area, in the nonprofit area related to climate change, and it sounds like you've got a lot of great transferable skills. So keep that hobby, perhaps a hobby. That sounds like it's lucrative in and of itself. And maybe not try and smush the two together into something that um, that might take away from some of the enjoyment that you get from that. So, hey, you're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 11, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So really quickly, Abby, I want to uh, – we're running down. We're running out of time. We have about 30 seconds left. Is there anything you want to share with listeners that you've learned by getting back into the recruiting world that they should know? Well, I already talked about that you must, must, must send a cover letter and you must add a zip code to your resume. Those are really important things. I'll give you just a tip that I love to share on the radio with all of your listeners, and that is if you wear a swatch of the company's logo color on your person where they can actually see it, then it makes people think that you're already on their team. It's a really subliminal, it's it's a great subliminal way to tell people that you should be part of their company. And it really works. So you should all try it. Make sure that you're wearing it in a place that they can see it. So that means don't wear it on your underwear. I'm talking about like wear a okay, tie okay. or blazer. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Got it. That's what you got to do. Got it, got it. Abby, it's always so much fun having you on the show. Where can people reach you? Please send an email to xm at absolutelyabby.com. And that's A-B-B-Y. And you can get my cover letter template while you're doing that. Thank you so much, Michelle and Dion. Always fun working with you guys in studio. And hey, for more great advice, you can go to my blog, dawnoncareers.com, or follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. I want to thank all of our callers and listeners today. It was Open Call Thursday, and the show is all about you. We love having you call in and share your tips with others and ask your question because you definitely help lots of people in the process. So you've been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111, powered by the Wharton School, and we will see you next time.